across the road, pecking gravel in the noonday sun. Shaking her tail like the queen of the yard, not minding anyone. Welcome to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for joining us this week here on the Crude Life Week in Review. And we've got a fantastic program in store for you today. I'm so excited. I'm, I just want to get right into it. So let's do it, folks. Let's do a quick preview. And then we're going to get right into the Crude Life Week in Review. All right, coming up in just a moment or two, William Prentice, the CEO of the Meridian Energy Group, gives an update on the Davis Refinery's air quality permit and some misinformation on a recent Associated Press article. And then Tiffany Steiner, API Dickinson, and Bach and Barbecue. There's a gumbo cook-off right around the corner, February 16th, and Tiffany Steiner gives us the information on that and gives us a couple little... Uh, mark your calendar informations on the Bakken Barbecue coming up this June. So the February 16th is the gumbo. June is the Bakken Barbecue. And then we head to Bismarck and talk to Kathy Kaiser, Ronald McDonald House Charities Bismarck. Interesting story there. A lot of the uh, oil and gas communities will use the Ronald McDonald House Charities of Bismarck um, during medical issues. And it's primarily premature children is what Kathy was talking about. So uh, great interview, great story about what's going on there with the Ronald McDonald House Charities of Bismarck on how they're supporting uh, some of the, I guess, unreported parts of, you know, the energy community. So Kathy Kaiser, a little later in the program. And then Kristen Seeks with the Dickinson Backpack Program. This is another one that I found to be pretty interesting in uh, Dickinson. They have a backpack program which feeds about 300 children every week. Uh, they have Giving Hearts Day coming up, and that's kind of the reason why we're going through some of these social services and some of these community programs that you're seeing, nonprofits and charities, is because Giving Hearts Day is coming up on Valentine's Day, February 14th, and a lot of these different programs are part of Giving Hearts Day, and the Dickinson Backpack Program is one of them. And so um, they're able to provide healthy, uh, nutritious meals to uh, children over the weekend so that uh, they can have some food when they're not in schools. So Kristen Seeks with the Dickinson Backpack Program, Kathy Kaiser, Ronald McDonald House Charities, Tiffany Steiner with API Dickinson and Bakken Barbecue, and uh, William Prentice with the Meridian Energy Group. All that plus much more on today's episode of The Crude Life Week in Review. All right, my name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Crude Life Week in Review. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. You want someone who's competent. You don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spees, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spees. Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Up next, William Prentice, the CEO of the Meridian Energy Group. Well, um, as you know, we've been uh, in construction out in the field. We had to button that up for the winter. Um, we also had a lot of legal activity to take care of in connection with our permits, and that appears to be mostly behind us now. Uh, we're in design. 
line. Uh, McDermott's our contractor. Uh, they're a big international firm, and uh, they will be using a lot of local contractors in the field, but right now they're busy on design and procurement, and we'll move back to the field this coming spring. I did want to ask you about a um, Associated Press story that I read about your permit to construct. Uh, it had to do with some local people about whether they would be adversely affected by the refinery. And, and anyway, that quote in there about the concern about the health and well-being seemed to stand out a little bit to me. Did that? Did you guys? Were you guys able to see that or address that or comment on that in any way? Well, we. You know, we have to be selective in how we address what appears in press. You know, there's a lot of misinformation. Uh, the air quality permit was something we fought long and hard for and had to do a lot to make sure that uh, this project is not going to negatively impact anybody. Uh, you know, we did a lot of work to make sure that that's not going to happen. And I think uh, it's just improper for people to continue to apply that this project is going to somehow be a heavy polluter. It's, it's going to be the cleanest such project on the planet when it's done. Uh, we've also done studies that show that uh, that there's actually going to be more pollution from the visitation to the National Park, the TR Park, that will show up at the refinery than there will be pollution from the refinery show up at the park. Uh, 700,000 visitors per year produce a lot of air pollution, and uh, uh, we're actually the recipients of that at the refinery more than the park will suffer from the refinery itself. Um, we also did another uh, recent analysis. It's going to appear as a, a white paper in some of the technical press showing that a dollar uh, invested in a clean refinery like Davis, because it reduces pollution from other dirty refineries, is a better investment than buying into a wind park or a solar array. It reduces greenhouse gases by much, much more. So by cleaning up our conventional energy sources, we can get back to a cleaner planet a lot quicker than by going after such things as, uh, as those wind towers. You know, one thing that I kind of took from that when I was reading the story is it almost seems like, because really, we're talking about science here. And at the end of the day, you guys had an 18-month review, somewhat of 11,000-plus comments, 900 pages of scientific analysis. I think the EPA was even involved. I mean, you've had a fine-tooth comb on a fine-tooth comb. Yet, it still seems, you know, this misinformation keeps popping up. Is, is a lot of this emotional, or is it the old mentality of refineries? Because it almost seems like you guys just continue to produce the information that continues to get validated, that continues to go through that cycle, yet every now and then I'm seeing that there's still questions coming out of somewhere, I guess. So do you understand the question? Is this, is this an emotional, misinformational type thing, or, or talk to me a little bit about that? Well, yeah, some of it is, I'm sure, and we tr have to try to avoid the emotional response of, of resenting people continuing to question, you know, our, our honesty and our integrity and, and the science that goes into what we've, we've done here. But when we started out, 
there was no way to get around the fact that people looking at what we're doing are going to associate our efforts with the refineries they see all over the place, which, you know, are an average age of a refinery here in the U.S. is now well over 50 years. So they're not real clean. Uh, they don't look real nice. And, yeah, if you're reading about a new refinery going in near you, you're going to start to get worried. So we decided early on we're going to treat every concern as being valid and address it as fully as possible, uh, both with regard to the science and, and everything else, because, you know, there's an emotional aspect to all of that. Um, but then, you know, there's there's kind of a tipping point where you go through everything over and over again, and, you know, we get our permit, and it was, it was actually longer than 18 months, and, you know, 11,000 public comments that were addressed, each one of them separately, and the science over and over again, the engineering work that was done to show what we're doing, uh, you know, the health department working with EPA to make sure that there was no issue unaddressed and that every every bit of available knowledge was applied to the review. And you begin to wonder, are there people who are just going to refuse to hear the answer and keep asking the same question over and over again? To listen to the full-length interview with William Prentice, the CEO of Meridian Energy Group, or to listen to other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is The Crude Life Week in Review. Just the sound of the freeway. And your baby blue eyes. Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Up next, Tiffany Steiner with API Dickinson and the Bakken Barbecue. Tiffany Steiner, API Board. Tiffany Steiner, all right. Thank you very much for joining us with the API Dickinson gumbo. And then I want to ask you about the Bakken Barbecue as well. Just kind of some updates on that. I know you're also a part of that. In fact, during your description, I wrote you're heavily involved in oil and gas events on the leadership side of things. And that's what we're talking about today is the API Dickinson gumbo. That's coming up. What is it? Probably mid-February, huh? It is. It's Saturday, February 16th. And how many years has this been going on? This is the 22nd annual. So it's pretty Mm. exciting. Uh, For the first time ever, we are moving to a new location. We're moving to the Ramada Grand Dakota in Dickinson, North Dakota. And that's where the Christmas party's been the last few years, correct? Correct. It's the same as our uh, monthly meetings that we hold, too. Okay. Now, um, can I ask what's the reason for the for the venue change? Is it um, uh, kind of a bigger location, or is, there, is the uh, hotel going through some remodeling, or what's kind of happening? Because you guys are at the other location for a long time. For 21 years we were, so this is the first year we've ever moved. Um, I think it's just going to be a really good thing for us to move. We'll have more space. We are um, able to add three more companies to cook, too. Oh. I mean, we've always had a wait list for companies, and so we're excited now. We can add a handful more, um, and that's a big deal. We can bring in more people, um, you know, new companies that have never had a chance to get into Gumbo, they now can apply. Um, I think we already have the three spots filled. I mean, it's pretty exciting. It didn't take long. 
That's pretty rare, isn't it, to have a, a kind of a, not rare, but unusual, uh, to have kind of a cutoff for companies to sponsor. Normally, people take as much sponsors as they can. Well, we take as many sponsors as we can, but cookers. Cookers, we yeah. only have room for, I think, 20 cookers. Um, and in the past, at Motel 6, we could only have 17. Um, so we were able to add three more this year. But, yeah, we take unlimited sponsors. Um, we did a lot, good job last year getting um, quite a few, and we're hoping we can, you know, at least do that or double this year. So you do, in addition to being a sponsor and a cooker, you do just take sponsors? Correct. Okay. Yep. And how can people do that? As long as we're on topic, we might as well give you a plug. Yeah, if anyone wants to sponsor, they can reach out to our Facebook page. Um, we have an API Dickinson at gmail.com. Um, come to one of our meetings. They can reach out to me personally. Um, you know, Christy Baumgartner, it's pretty easy to get a hold of us. Um, Facebook might be the easiest for someone just so they can message us quickly. Um, but they definitely can give us a call as well. I read a text, uh, or I read a meme the other day that said the ways to get in touch with me. I think number one was text, number two was email, and then it went dot, 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 and then it had some ridiculous things, and number 100 was call me. So that's, yeah. is, that, is that kind of the new age of business now, calling people is the last resort? <laughs> I think it is. I think a lot of people, they don't have time to make a phone call, but they have time to message. I'm more than happy to take a phone call as well, so they can definitely give me a call on my cell. Tiffany Steiner, we're talking to. It's the 22nd annual API Gumbo Cookoff coming Saturday, February 16th at the Ramada Grand Dakota Lodge, Dickinson, North Dakota. New location, so that adds more cookers. And you said that you guys have got, you believe, the max allowed of cookers this year, even though you added some? Yep, so we can have 20 cookers now. Um, we currently have, I think, 15 confirmed. So it's pretty exciting to, uh, they're excited as well for the move. We've had a lot of great response, and we've had companies that have been doing this since the first annual. Mm -hmm. so. And all proceeds still go to the local scholarships, is it? Yep, we do local charities and college scholarships that we do through API. Okay, and um, is, it, is it for the local communities or can, is it for outside, of, you know, Stanford, Stanford University too? Or? It is just for local um, students, okay. but it does not matter where they're going to college. Oh, okay, okay. So, go, yeah, we don't limit to where they can go. We just want it to be local students that, you know, live in our area. We want mm -hmm. to be able to sponsor those um, college students going to wherever they want. And charities too? Yep, okay. we do a lot of local charities. Um, you know, we support, uh, I think there's like a, a learning trail that Dickinson just put in. You know, we were a big part of that. And it's exciting to see that we can make, you know, we can make donations as well and help out our community. So let's talk about the night a little bit. The, the teams are competing. And is it, is it a trophy? Is it prize money? And um, for the people that go... Are they the judges? Do you guys have a side panel of judges? And, you know, I know there's usually raffles, 50-50 type raffles in the past, too. Or there have been at events out there. So talk to me a little bit about the event itself and the competition and everything. 
What's really cool about this event, it is truly an all-day event. So a lot of people get there at 7 o'clock in the morning. They start decorating their area. They get really into it. They have themes. And I know one year was patriotic theme. One year, you know, it's not just gumbo, Mardi Gras. Um, So they'll get there at 7 a.m. They'll decorate. Cooking will begin at 11 a.m. You know, you got to make the roux and all that. It takes some time. It's not open to the public till 6.30, but that's when the public taste testing starts. And unfortunately, we never quite know how long it lasts, but uh, this year we'll, we're adding three companies. So hopefully that'll help with everything. Um, but we do have a panel of seven judges that no one knows about. Um, they sit in the back room and they judge um, the companies. They don't even know what company they're judging. It's just a number two. So they judge number two, and we go off of that. So it's pretty exciting because companies really get into it, and they get to take home the trophy and the bragging rights. I think there are always bragging rights in any of these events. I love cooking bravado. It's so fun mm-hmm. because you actually got to put your you know your money where your mouth is, actually. Yep. You know, you can't – you got to actually produce something. And that's the one thing. The year that I judged it – and the year that I went, um, the, the thing that I was most surprised about was how different gumbos can taste. That yeah. I, I always thought gumbo was a pretty cut-and-dry dish, <laughs> so it's not the case. No, it's pretty unique to taste all the different ones and what people come up with. Um, it's funny, the ones that normally win are probably not that authentic to, say, the southern gumbo, right? Maybe that's just because the taste buds, I don't know. But it's very cool. I know someone had alligator once. Um, I don't know the year you judged if there was anything crazy like that. Um, uh, you know, I was thinking, I was trying to think of that too. Of course, shrimp was very popular in most of them, if not all of them. And then you had, a few of them had uh, the pork and the chicken. And I'm trying to think if there was a beef in one of them that was kind of different, like chuck steak or I can't remember. It was... It was, that's what I, there was something that stood out because, you know, you get a few of them that kind of taste similar, but then, then it just goes off the rail. You know, I mean, it's just, I'm not even, is this a soup or a gumbo or what, but it's delicious. And so. Exactly. At, at the end of the day, that's all that matters, right? Right. Or not. Yeah. And so, okay, we've got that happening. That's Saturday, February 16th, API 22nd annual gumbo cook-off, the Ramada Grand Dakota Lodge. And, oh, I want to ask you about the entertainment. I know you guys usually, you know, the, the cooking is entertainment and the people are entertainment, but generally a band plays as well, don't they? Yes, we have Thunder Road that is oh. performing at 830. They're great. They were so fun last year. I mean, we had people dancing until they stopped performing. Um, so it's such a fun time. I mean, like you said, the cookers are entertainment, the crowd's entertainment. It is such a fun atmosphere. I mean, it is moving the whole time i mean everyone's moving from place to place and they're trying appetizers and they're trying gumbo and um, we also like you said we do have prizes for anyone that comes you do have to be present to win those prizes but you don't have to pay anything you get a raffle ticket when you come in and you get a chance to win the prize um we also do a 50 50 raffle so it's a lot of fun like I said, it all goes back to the local community, and that's what we do. You know, we want to give back to where we are. Um, so that's the biggest thing for API. 
You know, the thing I want to add right now, the Bach and Barbecue and API Gumbo, if you go on Facebook, we are giving away tickets to the event. So oh. you just have to tag yourself in the post, and you can share it for extra chances to win. But we definitely want people um, to get into this fun little giveaway time. So it is both for Bach and Barbecue and API. Okay, and they just they tag you guys, and then it kind of goes they into a... They can take whoever they want to bring. Okay. Like the and barbecue, it's whoever loves barbecue, you know, take someone. I think you know a lot of people that love barbecue. And that was Tiffany Steiner with API Dickinson and Bach and Barbecue. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is The Crude Life Week in Review. This week, we're spotlighting Brooks West, the singer-songwriter. Check his website out, brookswestmusic.com. That's brookswestmusic.com. This is singer-songwriter Brooks West. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. From apartment to apartment, state to state, and it doesn't really matter where I go. There's only one place I could call my home. Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Up next, Kathy Kaiser with the Ronald McDonald House Charities of Bismarck. Kathy Kaiser, Executive Director of Ronald McDonald House Charities of Bismarck. Thank you much for joining us here today. Let's start off by talking about what it is that you do and maybe some of the services you guys provide. Well, um, as I said, we're with Ronald McDonald House Charities, a local nonprofit in the Bismarck area, and we actually have two programs. We have our Ronald McDonald House, which is our cornerstone program, and that is um, we provide temporary housing the families of seriously ill children receiving medical treatment in the Bismarck area. And um, we have an eight-bedroom house and last year uh, provided a home away from home to just under 200 families that had to travel to Bismarck to get necessary life-saving treatment for their um, for their children. The majority of our families are premature babies and their families that are just staying here until they're big enough to go home. But we do um, handle any kind of pediatric patient is welcome to stay here. We ask families to make a nominal donation of $20 a night if they're able to, but no family is turned away for inability to stay. And then about seven years ago, um, 
wanting to find a way to help even more children, we launched our Ronald McDonald Caramobile program, and that is a state-of-the-art um, mobile dental program that travels around western North Dakota, um, bringing um, oral health care to underserved children in their own neighborhoods. For many of the 1,800 kids a year that we serve, uh, we are the only dentists they have ever seen or will ever see, and um, we provide life-saving treatment for, for many of these children. So we stay very busy. Now we're going to talk about Giving Hearts Day in just a moment, uh, Some of the, as well as some other ways to donate throughout the year. Of course, Giving Hearts Day is one of those days where it captures a lot of people's attention, but we also like to mention that uh, charities like yourself accept donations all year long, and I imagine there's even probably a signature event that you guys are a part of. Maybe not, but a lot of times the organizations like the Ronald McDonald House do. Um, before we get into that, I'd like to talk about some of your sponsors. Uh, you and I have done an interview in the past, at least we were talking a little bit before we got on the air, and we discovered that it was probably three, four years ago on um, a donation XTO made uh, in regards, I think, a $25,000 donation to the Ronald McDonald House. Uh, talk to me a little bit about some of those donations, maybe some of the bigger donors, the smaller donors, just ones that really kind of help you, you guys either day-to-day or in a pinch or that donation that allowed you to go to that next level. Just take some time and thank the people. Well, there are so many, and of course, when you um, start um, making a list like this, of course, you never want to leave anybody out, no matter what. Happens. I know, it's so hard, um, isn't it? But you know, I know, yeah. you mentioned XTO, they were wonderful to us. Um, Whiting Oil out in that part of the state, too, has also been very generous. Uh, you mentioned our signature event this weekend by our number one supporters and have been forever. Uh, the Dickinson Rough Rider Commission is hosting the Cabin Fever Benefit at the Eagles Club in Dickinson this coming Saturday, February 9th, and um, they raise a tremendous amount of money for us every year. And they do that as a, a sort of a pay it forward because so many of the families that we serve are from the Dickinson area, and they come and stay for us. And they have been doing this now, um, I believe this is the 27th year of the benefit coming up this Saturday. And it's just a great time, and tickets are available, and there's a live auction, a silent auction, dance, breakfast, a barbecue, and all sorts of great fun going on. Um, we have so many wonderful donors, large and small. We've got churches that support us. For our Caramobile program, we have to give special thank you and acknowledgement to the Otto Bremer Trust and um, Basin Electric and Power Cooperatives, um, Thomas Rasmus Sleeps Foundation. You know, just there are so many terrifically generous organizations and foundations and individuals in this state, and we are so grateful for all of them. How about when it comes to Giving Hearts Day, are you guys, uh, part, I believe you're participating this year, aren't you? We have been a part of this from the first moment that we could be a part of it. I think this is our eighth year to be involved. Uh, the first year they expanded to Bismarck Mandan, we were already um, good partners with uh, Dakota Medical Foundation and Impact Foundation and other ways. And um, we signed on with a small group of uh, Bismarck uh, nonprofits that were going to participate in that first year and formed a, uh, a collaborative of our local nonprofit agencies. And I say we had probably under 10 the first year, and I think this year we have over 40 that come together as a group and work to as a group. And um, of course, we're hoping for donations for our own nonprofits, but it's so nice to be able to present a united picture to 
the community of, um, well, actually the whole state, and invite people to, um, the way I look at it, I like to invite people to shop through the list of nonprofits that are available and, you know, make their donations to, um, you know, as, as many as they um, are attracted to at that moment. It's just a great way to introduce people to other charities that they might not have thought of um, donating to. You know, and everybody has their own strategy when it comes to <clears throat> ways to garner attention or get support, that sort of thing. And sometimes it's as simple as, uh, you know, sending out emails and newsletters. Other times, you know, they, symbols and uh, who knows, a Main Street band just to try to get attention. It's all in good competition and good fun because at the end of the day, it's, it's one of the largest um, donation days, at least in the upper Midwest. And are you guys doing anything? Do you guys have you guys done anything in the past uh, as far as, you know, a little bit more activity wise to, to get that kind of attention? And maybe are there years where you didn't do as much? Talk to me about just some of the either social or community activities you guys have done on that day. Well, of course, we rely upon our, our volunteers and our board members to become involved and to spread the word with um, with their their friends and family and uh, the, their co-workers and people that they see. You know, we do pretty much what um, the other charities do with uh, uh, reminder notices and emails to our former donors uh, about what what we're doing and remind them um, of when the happy day is coming. This year, of course, we're hosting with the other Bismarck nonprofits um, a legislative day, which we have done in the past, and the governor and the first lady usually kick it off for us, and just a chance to visit with the, um, the uh, legislative members from around the state, and uh, we usually get some good publicity from that, too. Um, you know, we put up the uh, lawn signs like... Um, other people do in town and wear red and just about the, the buttons to remind people and anybody to run into about what what's going on this day and uh, it really is a sense of community celebration um just to uh, uh create this you know great opportunity for one day of giving and i over the years that we've been in well since the beginning now they've raised over 55 million dollars which is absolutely unbelievable and we're just delighted to be a part of it one of the best things for us is that we have um found a way to make contact with a lot of new donors that perhaps we might not have found if it weren't for Giving Hearts Day, and they can seek us out on givingheartsday.org and indicate what they want to do. But, um, you know, as a, as a nonprofit, you're always looking for a way to not only retain the donors that you have, but to make new contacts, too, and this has been just a wonderful vehicle for us to do that. Well, and you are absolutely right with the development of um, Western North Dakota. We have seen um, the population of the uh, families that are staying at the Ronald McDonald House really change. And we see they have many more out-of-state license plates in our um, parking lot in the back. And um, the different accents here at the Ronald McDonald House and we used to have, you know, many years ago. And we just welcome these new families that have come to North Dakota for work and um, are starting families here. And um, some of them wind up in Bismarck, uh, you know, for one reason or another with their little ones with medical reasons. But we just welcome all of them. Of course, we welcome donations of any kind um, year-round. Uh, 
people can go to our website, which is www.rmm. I can't talk. Excuse me. www.rmhcbismarckaltogether.org, or of course you can go to givingheartstate.org and select the Ronald McDonald House Charities of Bismarck. And um, we're listed. We're on Facebook, Ronald McDonald House Charities of Bismarck, and um, just about any place you want to look for us. And of course, we appreciate. Any and all donations. And that was Kathy Kaiser with the Ronald McDonald House Charities of Bismarck. To listen to the full length interview or to listen to other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spees, and this is the Crude Life Week in Review. There are days when I feel lost and separated. And every step I take, Falls on foreign ground And I feel like going back to North Dakota Take a job, find a wife And finally settle down You can run from the winter time In the midnight black Cold coming up behind you Teeth in your neck Slow on the road like the fingers of a ghost Wind is crying through a crack in the window no Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Up next, Kristen Seeks with the Dickinson Backpack Program. My name is Kristen Seeks, and I am with the Dickinson Backpack Program. Well, let's talk about the Dickinson Backpack Program. Thank you for joining us today. What is it, and uh, how can people find it on the Internet and maybe even the physical place? Okay. Um, the Dickinson Backpack Program is a food program which is helped, uh, which is meant to help alleviate childhood hunger on weekends and during school breaks. And so uh, we hope to do this by providing every child who is signed up in the program, we provide them with a bag of food. Um, and that food um, consists of a main food pack, which is we purchased from the Great Plains Food Bank along with supplemental food items such as snacks, which might be donated by, you know, civic organizations, the Elks, um, just individual donations. Uh, We also supplement it with fresh bread from Baker Boy and fruit from Walmart. And um, how to find us on the Internet? Um, Probably the best way to find us on the Internet is through Facebook. We do have a Facebook page, Dickinson Backpack Program, and there you can find um, a little bit of information, you know, about, like I said, our packing parties, how to volunteer. The physical address um, of the backpack program is at St. John Lutheran Church in Dickinson, and that physical address is 146 6th Avenue West. All right, outstanding. So uh, one of the things that came to my attention was there's 300 children or kids or people under the age of 18 that get basically a food supplement every week. Um, That's amazing to me because, like I said yesterday when I was talking to your, I believe it was your husband, that um, Dickinson's not New York City. That's not a huge community. So to me, 300 really jumped out. Yes, yes. And this year we are between 250 and 
250 and 300 last year. We were we were serving over 300 children every week with food packs, and so every year it just depends a little bit. You know, we have we still continue to have um, families move in and out of the community, so our numbers. Uh, vary a lot from week to week and month to month. Um, you know, at times we can be close to that, uh, you know, serving 300 children, but then, you know, there might be a lot of people moving out with the cold weather and things like that. And um, so our numbers kind of, yes, they go up and down between 250 and 300 every school year. Talk about Giving Hearts Day in just a moment, but first talk about yep. some of your um, other sponsors and some of your other donors that have allowed this thing to happen so uh have you have you do you have some major uh sponsors in the past or is this everybody just volunteering i'm sure you've got a lot of volunteers too we do we we have a lot of volunteers and and donors in the community um you know we've got civic organizations such as optimist club rotary club kiwanas um that donate the elks um you know every year um, and then we've also got, like, you know, big oil companies, Whiting, Marathon Oil, um, ConocoPhillips, um, which have donated before. Um, you know, we have churches that donate. St. John is a, is a major church that donates to us. But then we also have individuals that donate, um, you know, a lot of, of time as well as money in order to keep the program going. Um, we are an all-volunteer-run program, um, so nobody is paid, you know, from board members. You know, I'm kind of volunteer director, but nobody is paid with this program. Um, and then every year, you know, we kind of look at our volunteers, and there again, we have between 200 and 300 volunteers every year to make the program possible. And so those volunteers are, you know, people unloading our food truck, packing food packs on Wednesdays and Thursdays delivering those food packs to the schools. Um, it's, it really takes a village in order to make this program work, and, and you know, we're very blessed with, with wonderful donors and volunteers to make the program possible. So Giving Hearts Day is obviously a very big day for nonprofits, community services, that sort of thing, to get donations. Um, and I believe they're matched is, is kind of the, the, the big draw for that day. Um, how long have you guys been involved with this? And talk to me about some of the things that you guys are doing this year, maybe to spark some attention. Because it, it's it's a good competition, but it does get some, you know, you guys have to be louder than the next person or reach your donors other than the other person. Because you've got a lot of people out there saying donate, donate, donate. Right, right. Um, you know, we've been a part of Giving Hearts Day since it's been around, at least in this area, which I believe was 2000, 2015, I believe, or 14 was Giving Hearts Day. Um, and it's, it's continued to be a great fundraising um, fundraising effort for, for all of the organizations um, that are in Dickinson and southwestern North Dakota. Um, you know, every year I think we're amazed that, you know, we continue to get more donations and more people um, hear about Giving Hearts Day, hear about Dickinson Backpack Program, as well as the other organizations. And I think um, all of the organizations in Southwest North Dakota really do a great job as far as collaborating together and trying to make Giving Hearts Day um, a, a, a nice giving event. And like I said, I mean, we're, we're very cooperative and very nice with each other. And we really want um, everybody to do well during Giving Hearts Day. 
And that's really what the spirit ends up being. And, and that's why I was trying to say, you know, it's, it's not really a competition because people are happy when the giving is happening. But at the early, it's almost like they, they need to be creative how to get attention or something along those lines. So it's just it makes it it makes it a fun day is what I guess kind of a roundabout way of saying it. Yes, yes, it is a fun day, and it's fun to see, um, like I said, how other organizations are doing. Um, in years past, we've had, you know, a cookie challenge. This year, we're not doing that, but... Um... And that was Kristen Seeks with the Dickinson Backpack Program. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Week in Review. And guess what, folks? That's all the time we have for this week. We'll be back next week at this time on this radio station. And if you can't catch us on the radio, be sure to go to thecrudelife.com and download the podcast. We're available on iTunes. Of course, we have a Facebook page, LinkedIn, myself, Jason Spies. We are all kinds of different social media. In fact, if you just go to thecrudelife.com, Click on the social media tab. You'll see our network because, you know, you got to have a YouTube page and a Facebook page and a Twitter page. And then you have an idea that spawns up. And then pretty soon you got 50,000 followers on that page. And you don't want to get rid of it because it's got a good audience. And so anyway, we've got 350,000 followers. So when you add up our social media links and so when you go there, uh, take a look, see, see how social you want to be and follow us and like us and all that buzzwords of social media realm honestly i kind of cashed out a while ago on that folks but i do stay somewhat active i just don't follow the jargon like i used to so um i apologize for anybody rolling their eyes because i you know i'm not up to up to date on the snapchat and the and the fish twitch and the instagram cracker all that stuff okay time are we are we good okay i'm getting the signal so that's going to do it for this week, folks. My name is Jason Spies, and this has been the Crude Life Week in Review. Now you're running on a thin line through a frozen void. No feeling in your fingers, no other choice. Jason Speece, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you let people make up their own minds. You want someone who's competent. You don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies.